Reds to the That's Ball Folks podcast. I'm your host, Josh Reynolds. This is episode 30. We have no choice but to name this episode James Butler. This this was James Butler. Jimmy Buckets. Jimmy Butler with truly, I'm not even exaggerating in the slightest, probably the greatest individual performance I have seen in the NBA playoffs in my life. I'm about to turn 32. And this is, if it's not the greatest, it is right up there. I cannot even adequately even begin to describe in the slightest what we just saw Jimmy Butler do to the Milwaukee Bucks. Truly unbelievable. I don't even, I don't even have the words. So this is coming out late. This will come out Thursday morning. Obviously my episodes come out on Monday, typically had some trouble uh, traveling this week for work, got stuck in Detroit. I'll talk about that a little bit later. And then just travel-wise, honestly, uh, Tuesday night, I stayed up and watched Jimmy Butler in what I thought, or Monday night, in what I thought at the time, and probably still, was the greatest in-game performance I have seen from a Miami Heat player, but maybe any player ever. The only thing that I can think of off the top of my mind is LeBron against the Pistons uh, back in his early, early Cleveland days. What Jimmy Butler did to the Bucks, Absolute takeover. I've never seen anything like it. He was unconscious. So I wait. I wait till I get back home. I'm going to record. I get home late last night. Decide not to record. I had no choice but to get on the mic and start recording the second that that Heat-Bucks game ended uh, tonight. The Heat closed it out. Jimmy Butler with truly... One of the greatest runs, 98 points by himself over the last two games and did it in unbelievable fashion. And we'll, we'll, we'll dive into that. Just, I can't even believe it. I hope you're all having a good week. Sorry. I'm asking about that late. I just can't even believe it. We're going to dive right into this thing. Uh, before we do talk about this series in detail and all, and catch you up on all the other, uh, playoff series going on. Uh, let's hear from Jer in our Brotherly Love and Hate segment brought to you by PHI Apparel. That's ball, folks. Brotherly Love and Hate segment is brought to you by PHI Apparel Company. PHI Apparel Co. provides unique designs and high-quality clothing for all. Again, some of our very favorite stuff, and we are very grateful to have them as a sponsor of the segment. That leads us right into the introduction. Jer, how's it going? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How are you? Nobody asks how you're how you're doing. Thanks. Actually, you're right. No one ever, no one ever does. I'm good. Yeah. I'm, I'm good, man. I am very good. Um, similar to last week, we are also pre-recording this episode because you will be in in uh, Japan. Yeah. And we we teased it last week, but we figured this would be a good segment to roll with because we both have stories, we both have thoughts and feelings. Some of them are stronger than others, but we're gonna go with airplane etiquette as the theme of this yep. segment. So with that said, uh, I think your love has to do a little bit. I don't know the extent of it, but I think it has to do a little bit with airplanes and airports. Tell us what you're loving. Yeah, I mean, it kind of has to do with airports and airplanes because I'm flying on one to Japan. (laughs) Um, But the thing I love and thing I cannot wait for in Japan is a quality bidet. Oh, have you ever used one? No. Have you ever used any type of bidet? I have. Uh, yes, actually, I used one at the Draper's house. 
Oh, um, nice. and I got peer pressure because they had one and they're like, you just got to right. try it. You just got to try it. Right. And it was, I don't, it's not what I'm sure Japan has. Mm-hmm. It's not because I know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, the first time I used one, I, I kind of panicked because there were so many buttons. Yeah. And I might've pushed the wrong one. And it might oh, wait, hurt. The, the first time that you used that in Japan. Yeah. Okay. Um, but once you get used to it, which takes a couple times using it, it is wonderful. And heated toilet seat, that is a game changer. Waking Are, up in the middle, middle of the night in the winter and you need to go to the bathroom and the toilet seat is heated. Come on. It's awesome. You, you love the bathroom. You'll be in there for four hours at a time. <sighs> Here's my only thought with the heated toilet seat. It makes me think of Grandma Reynolds, uh, R.I.P., okay. bless her soul. Her bathroom, her guest bathroom, had a cushioned toilet seat. And there's nothing worse than going in and sitting on it and it being warm <laughs> because somebody else was in there before you. Yeah. No, that's bad. And I know what you're talking about, but it's not like that. I swear. Some of them, there's so many buttons you can do like noises while you're going to the bathroom. What? Like rain, white rainforest, white no. noise. Wait, it's hold like on. Built, the, built in poopery, like does, within does the, the bay. Does the or do the bidets have bidet. speakers? Yeah, some of them do. I'm telling oh you, it's amazing. <laughs> I couldn't amazing. say it because I was so focused on it having a speaker attached. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe the ones that, um, you can buy like Costco or the add-ons to your, to your toilet here. Like maybe those are great. I'm not quite sure, but the quality ones in Japan are phenomenal and will change your life. So, okay. Let, I've never been to Japan before. You live there for yep. two years and are going do. back. Do you do, does like every toilet in Japan have a bidet <laughs> and a heated toilet seat? Is it every no. like hotel room? Is it every public restroom? What, what does that look like? What's the ratio? It depends. It depends. So where I lived, most of them were not like the most of the places didn't have bidets. So when you had one, you're like, this is awesome. One of my apartments had one. It wasn't a, a crazy nice one. Some of like the bigger train stations will have like nice ones. Um, but some some places where I was where it's like so out in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> they they just had squatter squatting toilets. So I, I had a full range of, so it was like in the ground, like you don't sit on anything, you squat and go to the bathroom. Okay. Um. So I had like a full range of, of different experiences, but I think the bidet experience definitely outweighed the squatting experience. Squatting experience sounds terrible. Yeah. It was a nightmare. And it was, yeah, it was, it was really bad. Okay. <laughs> well, I can't speak to this love because I've never been yeah. and I've never really used a good bidet. But that said, I I love that for you, and I'm excited that you get to get back to that and use one. Thank you. I will take a video of how it works, not of me using it, but just pushing some okay. buttons, maybe. Yeah, well, yeah please. Not, not I want to hear actual uh, like water one, but I want to hear the rain sound. Okay, okay, I'll see what I can do. It's <laughs> <That's> amazing. <laughs> okay, that's a good start. Let's jump right in. Do you want to jump into hates and and have this on the airplane airport uh, kind of? same wavelength uh i mean i think we can just dive into the we hate poor um airplane etiquette yeah agreed and and let's let's dive into what that entails obviously the 
Well, actually, no, not obviously, because a lot of the things and what we talked yeah. about last week with people bringing food out of their fridge, you would think yeah. that that would be uh, obvious, but it isn't. So you hit me with one. I'll, I'll respond with one of my own. Okay. What do you got? <laughs> no, no, you start. You, oh. <laughs> you hit me with one and then I'll like, go. Wait, what is happening? <laughs> okay, I'm going to start off nice nice and easy. This is this should be common knowledge to everyone, not okay. only on airplanes, just in, in life. Keep your hands to yourself. Yeah. Okay. Tell us a story. There was one time, like I'm a big sleeper on airplanes. I I could fall asleep and sleep the whole the whole flight, which is awesome. It's a it's a gift. It's a blessing. I also have now, that. Yeah. And so I was out cold, right? We were flying back east. I was just zonked out. And I wake up and the guy sitting next to me, I woke up because something smacked my leg. And I like woke up, didn't open my eyes, and then kept sla- slapping my leg. And so I wake up and the guy next to me is has his big headphones on and he's jamming out, playing the drums like on his own legs. And she was using my leg is like one of one of the drums. And so he just kept smacking me. and he woke me up because he was smacking the shit out of my leg. Playing is, this a, is this a night like it was a red eye or like a flight at night? Yeah, it was a, it was a red eye. And I don't know why. I mean, it was towards the end of the flight. Um, maybe he was getting pumped up. Maybe maybe he had a concert. I don't know. Maybe he's a professional drummer. I have no idea. He was Comfort <laughs> Plus. I was upgraded. Great. Um, but yeah, started smacking, smacking my leg. So finally, I'm like, I just moved and like sat side saddle for the remainder of the flight because I didn't. You, really did, you didn't say anything. Hit. No. Did I'm, you look at I'm him? I'm trying to. Yeah, I looked at him, and he's like in the zone. I don't even know if he if he noticed, but he was he was going so hard in the middle seat. That's amazing. Okay. Yeah, but keep you, your hands to touch. yourself. Is, yeah, that's easy. Yeah. Like, that's, don't don't touch people. No, that's that's such a good one. Okay. I, I'm going to hit you with mine. So okay. this, again, you would think is just obvious and easy, but it isn't. And that mm-hmm. is, there's no problem getting on those little, like, uh, I don't know what they're called. Not the escalator, but the ones that just go on flat ground. Is it escalator still if it doesn't go up and down? I have no idea, but I think those things are great. Yeah, the walkways, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. I have no problem with anybody getting on those. I think that's great. However, you've got to be, it's an airport. People are yep. always in a rush. They're to themselves. They've got their AirPods in. They're on, they're talking on the phone, whatever. And they're always in a rush. You have to stay on the appropriate side if you're going to just stand there. Yeah, there is common courtesy. Few, it, there are a few things more frustrating than me going for work. I travel off for work, trying to get to my gate trying to hurry and there's somebody at the very front or a whole family at the very front who are just like stopped blocking the whole way. Cause there's always somebody who will say something like, Hey, excuse me, get out of the way. And then everybody's like, Oh, I'm sorry. But that's just a simple one. You just got to know yeah. there's no problem yeah. with being on it. Stand on it. Just stand to the appropriate side. Yeah. Move to the side. If yeah. you're not walking, move to the side. It's so easy. I think so... the new unwritten rule should be if you do come across a family or people just blocking the whole way. You should treat it as a game of Red Rover. Which, <laughs> yeah, which worst game ever invented. But it is the you terrible just plow game. through them. You just, you just go for it. Dead sprint. And you're going on that little moving walkway. So you're hauling. Yeah, you're going fast. Plow right through them. That's so think funny. about it next time you see it. All right. It'll probably happen tomorrow, honestly. 
Okay. 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 Give us, give us another one. Okay. I've got two more good ones that come to mind. Okay. Um, one would be nobody should ever do this ever, but especially when you're next to somebody for a long period of time, don't clean out like your ears. Don't clean out like your, your nose, you with your fingers or anything really, if you're on an airplane sitting next to someone. So I'm trying to think when this was, it must've been, I don't know, over a year ago. You were on the flight as well. We weren't sitting together. Okay. Comfort plus. Um, and this guy next to me kept like cleaning out his ear with just his finger. And then he would like, look at it and do like a little flick. Right. I'm like, this is so bad. Like, there's no way this could get worse. Right. Then I thought, ah, maybe he could start picking his nose and, and flicking it. But no, he didn't go there. The guy took off his glasses and started licking the lenses with what? his tongue directly on the lenses with his tongue. <laughs> what? And I don't wear glasses. Maybe that's a common thing. I don't know. If you want to do that in private, go for it. Please just don't start doing that while you're sitting next to me on a four hour flight. My gosh. Okay. Licking is a uh, look. I've done it before, but you don't do it in public. A and and B, I think like a a breathe on the lens and then rub it down with like a cloth you have or your shirt. Like that is, that is way more acceptable. I agree. And that's what I was expecting. Right. Like, and don't clean your ears out. That's gross. No, stop flicking things. Don't flick anything coming from your body on an airplane. I really don't like that at all. Yeah. That's a bad. That's a really good one. Okay. Mine is a, it's a hot topic because some people, I'm a little guy. So it doesn't bother me when somebody leans back in front of me. There are people, there is a polite way to go about it. And just, you don't give a crap and you don't care. I'm going to do it no matter what. I would like to know your thoughts. I have no problems with the person in front of me leaning back. However, it has happened several times where I put down the little tray I'm tired. I'm the same as you. I sleep on a lot of flights and I'll like lean forward or rest my head forward or I put my elbows on the little tray and I'm holding my head. And then the person in front of me will lean back and it rocks Mm. my head. It's happened so many times, but there's no like they're not at fault for that. You could even argue that that's my fault. You're at fault. Seriously, though, my my thing is. Actually, it's not even a hate. I don't hate when people lean back, but I know so many people hate that. Which is strange. I think that's weird. Everyone has the right to lean back. Now, do I think you should do it in the middle of the flight? I do not. I think once they give you the okay, if you want to lean back, go for it. Lean back just to avoid the neck injury that you go through every time you get smacked in the head. Yeah. But if they do it later on, whatever, it's on them. If they want to adjust throughout the flight, I don't care. Like that's their seat. It doesn't matter to me. Um, yeah, it's weird how people don't like that. Like they lean back for a reason. So many people, know. so many people don't like it. It bugs so many people. Right. I don't know. I guess my hate is that I hate how much it bugs people. <laughs> but that's easier to said than done because again, I am I am smaller, so it doesn't affect me. Guy. Like like Riker, our buddy, six six, big fellow, big fellow, offensive lineman. I I understand why it would bug him. I get yeah. that. Anyway, there's yeah. mine. All right, hit us with your last one. Okay, here's my last one. It's a combo of a, of a new one and the one I talked about last week with the stinky food. Okay. 
one, don't do stinky food. I'm going to harp on that the whole time, right? Yep. Like, come yep. on. You're stinking up the whole plane. Get real. Two, don't take off your shoes and or socks on the flight. Yeah. Yep. Again, now, you would think this would be such common, like, just people would understand not to do that. But everyone on every airplane in existence has had somebody do that. Listen, I've been guilty of taking off my shoes, but I will never, ever take off my socks. There is no way I will ever do that. Yep. And so that's a that's yeah, maybe I'm a scumbag for taking off my shoes. I don't know. Sometimes I like I like to do it. I don't think you are. I don't again. Maybe. I don't have any. You're not like crossing your legs or lifting. No, I'm keeping them. Keeping I'm them hiding the them down because I'm afraid people will look at me and and publicly shame me. Yeah, I'm hiding them under that under that seat. Um, but yeah. So I I do that. So the story along with this, uh, my wife and I were flying. I think internationally. So it was a long. It was a pretty long flight, and the guy sitting next to her, <laughs> he. First, rule number one, don't have distinct foods. And he busted out like these teriyaki chicken skewers. And he was going to town on those things. So not only is it stinky, but it's also messy. Both his hands are like just so disgusting, right? Like, ew, there's just teriyaki sauce everywhere. And to make it even worse, he's sitting cross-legged without any socks or shoes on. And my wife was about to puke. She was about to throw up. She could not believe it. And I'm over there like, this stinks. Like, it literally is stinking up our row. But I'm going to go to sleep. And she can't sleep on plane. So she was so pissed that that was happening. Uh, but, yeah, that, like, cross-legged with bare feet while you're eating, like, a stinky, messy food. That's, that's so bad. bad. That is really, really bad. I Especially told my a long flight. Oh yeah. Long flight. No flight deserves it, but a long flight makes it way worse. Yeah. Um, I, I told it, uh, last episode, but that I got scratched by somebody's big toe toenail on the back of my arm once. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I have picture proof and video proof because I couldn't believe it. I once even tweeted it at JJ Reddick who went on a tangent about airplane etiquette and he couldn't right. believe it either. Awesome. Um, did he reply? Yeah, he did. All he said cool. was, Oh, OMFG. That's what he wow. said. Yeah. Really thoughtful. Yeah, very, but he couldn't believe it either. It's disgusting. That's <laughs> a really that's a really good one. Um right. mine happens a lot. So I don't check uh my bags. Um right. I I travel for work, so it's quick. They're quick trips. I have my carry-on, I have my backpack. Are you afraid? Bring, um, am I afraid that I will lose? They'll lose my yes. bags. Is that um, does that play any any part in this? No. No, I mean, anytime I check it, yes, that thought crosses my mind, but that's not why right. I do it. I just, I'm right. quick, quick hitter, grab it, I'm gone. I don't have to go away to baggage claim. Light packer, um, small man. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I don't like when people decide to put multiple things in the overhead compartment. It yeah. happens all the time, no matter what the uh, flight attendants tell them or what they say. I can't even tell you how many times it happens where they put both their personal item and their bag up in the uh, overhead and there's no room. And I end up having to put my bag back like three rows from where yeah. I'm sitting. And then yeah. when we get off the plane, I have to sit and wait for a bunch of people to go behind me because I have to get back to my bag. That yeah, drives that me bonkers. Right. Yeah. That's selfish. 
people it are is selfish. selfish i agree i think all honestly all this just boils down to people being selfish yeah you know i i used to be a carry-on guy like yourself you now have cha- I've, you've changed i've changed because then I don't feel like I need to rush onto the plane just to make sure I find a spot to put the bag. Okay. If I check that... it, I'm like, oh, great. I can take my time, walk in, put my backpack under the seat in front of me. Um, that's fair. That's, I think that's why I changed. And I've, I mean, fingers crossed, knocking on wood. I haven't had any issues. Well, I've had one issue was like delayed, but it was like an hour. So it wasn't a huge deal with my bag. Um, but yeah, I think I'm going to continue checking, checking okay. that thing. Look, when I travel with my daughter and my wife, we always check bags. I have no problems doing it. But if it is right. just me, I just want to be super quick, grab my bag, I'm out. Um, that said, me and you, we just talked about this when we were in Augusta. We yeah. used to fly through this website or app called Skip Lagged. For those who aren't yeah. familiar, uh, cheap flights. And let me tell you why. It's because it finds these flights. So like, say I'm going to Florida and I'm flying out from Utah. There is a layover in Atlanta. Um, my destination, I am trying to get to Atlanta, but the whole flight goes Salt Lake, Atlanta, Florida. So they think you're buying a ticket to get to Florida when in reality, you're just getting off at the layover. Airlines hate it. And I guess that's why it's cheap. So the issue with this is that you, when you brought on, you could not check a bag because it would obviously go to Florida, the final destination. And if you waited too long, uh, which it happened all the time because the zone would end up being like zone three. So by that time, the whole flight was full and they would say, Hey, we need to check your bag. And it was always terrifying because you couldn't tell them, Hey, I'm actually getting off in Atlanta because they would get mad and that's not allowed. So it was always this like internal game of like, Oh man, am I going to make it? What's going to happen? And luckily we don't have to live that life anymore, which is very nice. And I'm very grateful for Right. Yeah, but, no, I agree. That's that was, that was a wild time. That was a really wild, wild time, time in our life. Skip lagged is awesome. Uh, I don't, I haven't used it in forever, so I couldn't tell yeah, you if the know. flights are still cheaper. But anyway, there you go. I, I thought of one more, one okay, more for the airplane uh, etiquette. Okay, let's, let's hear. It. Please do not cheer or clap when the plane lands. Uh, what? Okay, let me let me hit you with the hypothetical. Yeah. What? What if? It's really, really turbulent and it's really bad, super scary, the whole flight. And then all of a sudden you come in and you land and it's like, wow, I didn't even feel us land because those lands happen. Is it appropriate to clap then? If you genuinely thought you were going to die, (laughs) then sure, you can clap. I don't care if there's no turbulence or just a little bit or even like a a moderate amount. Don't clap or cheer. (laughs) Please don't do it. That might be a controversial opinion. I don't know. I don't like it. I don't like it. And oh, oh, along those lines, I see videos on like Twitter and stuff of like a group of people on a plane singing. Uh-huh. Don't oh, do that. That, that is true, true, true don't. torture in hell. That's so bad. I've now again, I've never experienced that, but that would truly be my hell, I think. Right, that oh, would be so. That's... And I have no issues with like babies crying or anything. Yeah, I get it. That that makes sense. But if you can control, like, you can control <laughs> yourself from singing, like harmonizing with your group of friends on the airplane, just don't do it. <laughs> I agree. You would think it's easier said than done, but apparently yeah. it isn't. Now, apparently, people who love to sing, they just gotta let it out. 
They got to let it out. They're feeling it. They need to sing. Yeah. Oh, that's good. All right. Those are good. That I, I feel like those are good basic touch points for airport etiquette and airplane etiquette. If any right. of you have any others, please let us know because I absolutely love this topic and I'm sure we left some out. If you've got a wild story, hit us up. Tell us because I would love to hear it. I'm sure you would too. All right. Next is urinal etiquette. So yeah, your yeah, your journey. Ready. All right. I love it. Okay, JR. Thanks again, brother. We'll uh we'll chat to you when you're back from Japan next week. Sweet. I'm sure I'll have some fun stories. Yes, we'll have to touch on that. You'll have to give us love and hates just from Japan. Oh, for sure. Definitely. All right, great. Can't wait to hear that rain on your bidet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can post it on Twitter. All right, done. All right, thanks, dude. Okay, friends, we're several episodes in, and by now you know I'm a huge fan of Griffles Plasma. There's a lot to know about this topic. For starters, who needs plasma, why it is needed, and why it is important to set up and donate. Diving right in, who needs plasma? Anyone. Anyone could need plasma at any time. A stranger, a family member, a dude sitting next to you at a Sixers game. Why is it needed? Because plasma makes medicines. Different kinds of medicines for many different people and all kinds of situations. Point is, there's lots of reasons to step up. People count on people like you for these medicines. You're compensated when you donate, and it's just a cool thing to do. You spread good in the world. You show your good side. Find a center near you at grifflesplasma.com. When you donate, tell them Josh sent you. This advertisement is a paid promotion. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. I want to tell you about the easiest way to get some action on the NBA. It's Underdog Fantasy and their Pick'em game. Just pick over or under on your favorite or least favorite player's stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. You can also pick from Rivals, which pits two players against each other for a head-to-head matchup. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. Pick between two and five players to fill out your pick'em slip, Get every pick right and take home some cold, hard cash. Use the code TBF24, that's TBF24, and get your first deposit doubled up to $100 by Underdog. Underdog Fantasy, the best and easiest place to play fantasy sports. So, we have to start with Jimmy Butler. I just can't even, again... I sound hilarious because I can't quite find the words to describe what I saw. 
but that perfectly describes what I saw. You can't really talk like you can't words won't do it justice. If you did not see what he did the last two games, really all series, uh, you won't fully understand what I'm talking about. Let's break it. Just go all the way back to game one. Jimmy plays great. 35 points takes 27 shots. You know that he's going to do that. It's the playoffs. It's Jimmy had 11 assists as well. Great game for him. Game two, he comes out 25 points only on 12 shots. Again, nice. He then follows up with the craziest stretch of games. Like it, it's unfathomable. 30 points, 56 in game four and 42 tonight. Now we got to talk about what happened in game four when he dropped 56 points. There are heat checks, right? We've all seen Steph Curry. He hits a couple threes in a row. He gets an outlet on a board, and you know that he's pulling up from deep. And the odds are very high that it's going in. Think of Oklahoma City, right? That famous game when he pulls up from half court. Yes, that was like a buzzer beater, but that's like the heat check of all heat checks. He shot it from half court. There are those. And then there is what Jimmy Butler did in game four against the Milwaukee Bucks. The takeover was truly, truly amazing. The Heat were down by 10, by 12, with like three minutes left. It was, you could feel the entire momentum shift. Now look, we have to talk about it because yes, Giannis was out a couple games in this series. I mentioned on my last podcast, I think the NBA needs to figure something out with the late slide-in block attempt. Look, I'm not knocking or saying that Giannis's back injury wasn't bad, but hindsight, obviously being 2020, I think he would have come back game three. I think he got really comfortable and thought, okay, my team's holding it down without me. I think they can sneak one on the road. And he sat out one game too long. I think that changed the entire series. I really do. I really do. Because he comes back and he doesn't, yeah, he he winced and grabbed his back a little bit. Maybe I'm impartial because I'm an Embiid fan and he winces and grabs at every part of his body like 10 times a game. So I'm just used to it. But he looked fine, right? He looked like Giannis. I think he regrets and, and wishes he would have come back for that game. Just one game earlier. I really do. So that aside, however, Jimmy goes unconscious. That pull-up three, it was a, well, a step-back three, really, that they ended up ruling a two, I think, because his foot was on the line, was unbelievable. And speaking of unbelievable, Kevin Harlan, the TNT play-by-play announcer, was unbelievable. His call was elite. It was so elite, actually, that I'm going to sneak in a little uh, snippet of it right here. 46 points for Jimmy Butler. Sets up a three. <laughs> Why not? A good play-by-play commentator can make a fantastic sports moment even better, and that's what Kevin Harlan did. Also, the roar of the crowd when something unbelievable happens like that, uh, there's nothing better than that. There's nothing that beats that sound. Unbelievable. And then, to top it all off tonight, the Bucks are pretty much, they take a huge lead. They're up like 18 in the third quarter. Then their offense went to absolute, sorry, grandma. Uh, I know you told me that I swear on my podcast, but there's no better way to describe it. Their, uh, the Bucks' offense went to absolute shit. It was 
terrible. Absolutely terrible. And that starts with their head coach, Michael Budenhoser. So bad. Now, here's a hot take. I think Budenhoser only has a job. Obviously, they won a championship. That's why he has a job. They have a championship because of Giannis. And Giannis shooting an unconscious, ungodlike uh, percentage from three and from the free throw line. That will never happen again. Clearly, we saw that tonight. That's the only reason that he didn't lose his job. He should have lost his job. He's terrible. That losses just as much on him as it was on the Bucks. They're awful. However, Jimmy leads them right back, makes the most insane bucket with two seconds left off a side-out inbounds play. A lob. We've seen it before. The Sixers ran it back in the process days to Robert Covington, a lob right to the rim. Jimmy, like, I think he did it on purpose, but he threw off the defender so good because he jumped too early and, like, caught the ball while he was falling back, makes this insane shot to send the game to overtime. But wait, he makes it to tie it. There's 0.5 seconds left. The Bucks are so discombobulated. Budenholzer's such a bad coach that he doesn't even use their last time out to advance the ball. 0.5 seconds is enough to catch and shoot it. Not a full catch and shoot, but you can get a shot attempt up or at least a tip at the rim. Maybe draw a foul. Terrible by them. Absolutely terrible. Then Jimmy does what Jimmy does in overtime. But you've got to give the Heat credit. They had three dudes foul out. Kevin Love fouls out first with a, a really, it was a block, but it was a weak foul on his part on the baseline in the fourth quarter. Gone. Bam Adebayo fouls out, who, by the way, I've crushed Bam. He played very well this series. Got to give him his flowers. He fouls out. Then legit, you start thinking, oh, Kyle Lowry also fouled out. But you start thinking, okay, Kevin Love's out and Bam's out. Who the hell are you going to put on Giannis? And in comes Cody Zeller in his mask. Look, he didn't do a great job, but he did have a dunk when they needed it in overtime. And then the very last play, the 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 heater up by two. The Bucks have the ball coming down the floor. Everybody is hesitant. Nobody wants the moment. Giannis, if you're that guy, you have to take the shot. I don't care who you are. Get to the bucket. Draw a foul. Do something. Do what you do. It's Giannis volleyball. He didn't do it. He wanted no part of it. He got a tip ball uh, with time left in regulation. He almost threw the ball out of bounds because he didn't want to go to the free throw line. He didn't want to go to the free throw line because he was 10 for 23. 10 for 23. He shot 23 free throws. Now, here, let, let me let me preach a little bit. All I hear as a Sixers fan from all these 12-year-olds on Twitter is how Embiid is a free throw merchant, how he flops and flails and does all whatever he can to get to the free throw line. The only reason people talk about Embiid getting to the free throw line is because he makes them. Giannis got to the line 23 times tonight. No one said a damn word. It's because he sucks. He sucks from the line. He shot 10 for 23. Terrible. I like can't even wrap my head around the fact that he shot 23 free throws himself. The Miami Heat shot 17 free throws as a team. And he made 10. <laughs> Unbelievable. Can't even wrap my head around that. While we're on this topic, how about the fact that the Sixers are attempting the lowest amount of free throws in the entire playoffs out of any team? Why aren't people talking about that? Again, there's this clip going around 
of just Embiid. Yeah, look, he falls a lot, but I talked about it uh, on Twitter. This clip going around of him falling, uh, taking all these falls. Yes, yeah, some of them are flops, but other ones aren't. Now, it's finally being talked about, but I've known about it for a while. I didn't know if I was allowed to say something, but finally did. Joel Embiid literally was taught, they had people come in and teach him early in his career to fall. Rather than trying to stick a leg out and try to catch yourself and get hurt again, because he did over and over and over early in his career, to fall. Take the brunt force with the rest of your body. And guess what? It's worked. It has prolonged his career. He has played more games each season over the last four years. Some people argue that that doesn't work. Guess what? It's working. And guess what? He's probably the MVP this year. Guessing he probably gets announced and he probably accepts it. Uh, first game in Philly in the second round, game three. Unless, unless the Atlanta Hawks pull off the impossible, but we'll talk about that in a second. I don't know, man. I just can't believe it. What a series for Jimmy Butler. What a terribly coached series for Budenhoser. Giannis with a brutal night from the line. Middleton actually showed up. All that people were talking about, which is hilarious, it was that, oh, Giannis has no roster. The dude has an unbelievable roster. He has two all-stars on his roster in Middleton and Drew Holiday. He has the defensive player of the year runner-up on his team in Lopez. Give me a break. Miss me with all of that. He doesn't have a roster. Are you kidding me? No excuse for that. None. Crazy. Jimmy Butler, well done, my friend. Unbelievable. Now the Miami Heat will play the New York Knicks in the second round of the playoffs. Just how we all drew it up. The good old eight seed. By the way, they became the sixth team in NBA playoff history uh, as the eight seed to beat a one seed. Pretty awesome stuff. Love to see it. So the Knicks, we got to talk about the Knicks. Unbelievable basketball. They are playing incredible basketball right now. And the best part is Julius Randle, who has really carried them through a lot of their season, is not even playing well. You've got the Villanova boys stepping up and balling out. Josh Hart, who is just a throwaway as a trade pickup, is playing amazing. Jalen Brunson, I was talking about this with my brother-in-law tonight. Jalen Brunson, going into the season, you would say is on a level below as a player uh, than Donovan Mitchell. Looking at it now, I think they're on the same tier. There's an argument to be made that he might even be better than Donnie, but they are on the same tier now. And he is playing phenomenal basketball. You've got Quickly, who is a, a lot of argument. You could be made that he should have been the sixth man of the year award. Malcolm Brogdon got that honor. The Knicks are fun. They are playing fun basketball. I've said it for forever. The NBA is better off. It is more entertaining. It is more enjoyable when the New York Knicks are a relevant team and playing good basketball. And they are right now. And it is fantastic. It's absolutely fantastic to see. The Knicks, man. Go New York, go New York, go. And I have to say, all these sidewalk, New York sidewalk street talk, those videos are the funniest things ever. And they make me so happy. Those fans deserve it, man. And they are pumped out of their mind just to get out of the first round. Good for them. Can't wait. That series is legitimately going to be, uh, be a battle. And I don't know. I, I do not know who is going to come out of it. I really don't. But I cannot wait to see. Fun, fun matchup. Now, we got to talk about the other matchup in the East. And that is the Atlanta Hawks and the Boston Celtics. Look, credit where credit is due. Good for the Hawks for not rolling over and just throwing in the towel because they easily could have. 
when Murray got suspended for the last game for getting in the ref's face and making contact with him, I thought, oh boy, their season's imploding. There were trade rumors already started uh, with Trey Young. Just a nightmare. Quinn Snyder steps into this situation where it's not good. And guess what happens? They don't roll over. They go into Boston and Ice Trey hits a 30-foot game winner right in the face of Jalen Brown, who also had a fantastic game. The Celtics looked absolutely terrible the last three to five minutes of that game. Jason Tatum, terrible. Derek White, terrible. They looked awful. And Atlanta capitalized. They took advantage of it. Yes, it took a a Trey Young deep ball to end up doing it. But I tweeted this. He showed up wearing a Mitchell and Ness Outcast uh, hoodie in like the font of the Retro Hawks logo. And you just knew something was going down. You knew it. The second you saw him, like, oh my goodness, A, I want that hoodie. And B, something's going on. And sure enough, he he delivered. Now they've got some momentum. This thing's going back to Atlanta. DeJounte Murray's coming back from suspension. I think that they force game seven. I really do. And anything can happen in game seven. I will be stunned if Boston doesn't take advantage of this and end up winning and advancing. But good for the Hawks. I just had to say that because I do not like Trey Young. I haven't liked Trey Young. I've been very outspoken of why I don't like Trey Young. But his game is something I should like, and I've got to give him his props. He's been dishing the ball all season long, and he's still got that in-gym range. The second that dude gets off the bus, you got to guard him. Get a hand up. Jalen Brown, you should know better. Amazing. That's ball, folks. Brotherly Love and Hate segment is brought to you by PHI Apparel Company. PHI Apparel Co. provides unique designs and high-quality clothing for the great fans of Philly. With their original designs for all, there's no doubt you'll stand out in the crowd. Listeners to our show can use the promo code TBF10 for 10% off any apparel when you shop online at phiapparel.co. Again, that's TBF10 for 10% off anything on the site. PHI Apparel Company, the one-stop shop for Philly sports apparel. Are you sick of spending time caring for your lawn? Have you spent too much time mowing it or even just keeping it alive? Are you tired of wasting resources and money watering it? If you are like me, the answer is yes to all of those. You should consider artificial grass. Beehive Turf out of northern Utah will transform your yard into looking beautiful all year round. Check out Beehive Turf on Instagram. Give them a call today for a free quote. Beehive Turf, take the sting out of caring for your lawn. got to talk about this as well i failed to mention it during the heat series but thoughts with victor oladipo just brutal man went down with the knee injury you knew it was bad the second he went down just judging off his reaction and it sucks oladipo is one of those guys everybody knows multiple of them that just never quite got to hit their ceiling as a player brandon roy is a really good one i think penny hardaway grant hill Obviously, you could say Derrick Rose, but he won an MVP. Like, just dudes can't stay healthy, have these terrible injuries right as they're, like, slowly getting back to what they were, and it sucks. So, thoughts with Oladipo, man. That's that's absolutely brutal. The Sixers sweep. They take care of the Nets. They do their thing. I actually felt great about it. Ended up winning game four without Embiid. Who is down with the knee injury? Now, depending on who you talk to, there's a million different things you can read. Uh, about how long he's going to be out. 
reports from Pompey at practice today that he did get a little bit of shooting up, got some some drills done. He didn't practice yesterday. He is around the team. I will be absolutely floored, especially with Trey Young hitting that three to solidify that the second round for the Sixers will start uh, on Monday, that he doesn't play game one, regardless of whether it's Boston or Atlanta. Joel Embiid will play game one. I am almost sure of it. Now, it's obviously, it's scary every time Embiid plays because you're always afraid he's going to get hurt. Now it's even more scary, right? Every single playoffs, it feels like there's something that happens. Real awful injuries. His face is broken, hand hurt, face hurt. Now it's his knee. It's it just brutal. You feel for the guy. But I, I will be absolutely floored and shocked if he does not play game one. I think he does. And the Sixers look great, man. Look, I tweeted this. I know it's hilarious. But maybe in some weird world, this is a full circle moment. Everybody talks about, oh, man, Sixers should have kept Jimmy Butler. Yes, of course we should have kept Jimmy Butler. We ended up keeping Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris over him. However, what if Jimmy Butler was meant to go to Miami? Hear me out for a second. What if he was meant to go to Miami? What if he was meant to take out Giannis this year as an eight seed and wipe out the one seed? What if Trey Young ends up he already did because he hit that game winner, which gave us even more time for Embiid to heal. What if he, after breaking our hearts and crushing our dreams with that Atlanta series, full circle, helps us out? What if all of that comes full circle for our title run this year? I don't know. Something to think about. Some people uh, think I'm a weirdo, and I am a weirdo. I am the one who believes this. I fully I am a superstitious human, and I 100% think that this is exactly what's happening. Uh, it will be crazy, obviously. Maybe maybe it's crazy saying that, but if we do win it all, it's not crazy. You're all idiots for not uh, believing in me and riding with me. Anyway, pretty good stuff. We have to talk about the, uh, the West now. The Denver Nuggets take care of business with the Minnesota Timberwolves, who are a nightmare, but we'll only touch on them for a second. The Timberwolves have something on their hands that is absolute gold, and that gold is Anthony Edwards. That dude is a flat-out star. He legitimately is a star. He's pretty unbelievable. The other night, when he hit that uh, game winner to put it away, uh, to, to kind of push the series out a little bit, it was his fifth 30-point playoff performance. The only other player to do that in NBA playoff history five or more times is LeBron James before the age of 22. Anthony Edwards, LeBron James, that's it. I've been pretty outspoken about how I feel about Rudy Gobert. That stays. I've been pretty outspoken about how I feel about Carl Anthony Towns. That stays. Yeah, it makes you think, okay, what if they had Nas Reed, who is a legit backup? What if McDaniels doesn't punch his hand on the wall or seat, whatever, and break it? Maybe the series just gets pushed out a little bit. The Nuggets were the better team, no question. And they ended up winning it. But Minnesota has some decisions to make, and I think they have some tough conversations to have, and they better have the right conversations because you build around Anthony Edwards no matter what. He is a star, bona fide star. Get get rid of Towns, man. It's tough. Uh, We got to talk about the Nuggets. 
Jokic, Jokic does his thing, but he's not even who I want to talk about. I want to talk about Jamal Murray because this is his first playoff series since his serious knee injury, and he absolutely balled out. He, I don't, I'm not going to say carried the team because he didn't. Jokic did, even though he had a terrible shooting night. But he played amazing. Look, in their closeout game, Jokic shot 8 for 29. And of his 28 points he had, 10 of those came from the free throw line. The dude still ended with 28 points, 17 boards, and 12 assists. That's unbelievable. Clearly, if he doesn't have a going offensively, he's still impacting the game. 12 assists is insane. But Jamal Murray absolutely blew me away. I love watching him play. I tweeted it during the bubble. Obviously, bubble basketball for a lot of players was different, but especially Jamal Murray. He was a freak. And I remember tweeting, I would do unspeakable things to have Jamal Murray on the Sixers team. And I mean that. He is a stud, and it's pretty awesome to see him playing so well, especially in his first playoff series out of a knee injury. Now, the Nuggets face the Phoenix Suns, who just took care of business with the LA Clippers, who are a nightmare. A lot of talk today about what the Clippers should do. There was even talk from Stephen A. about they should make Kawhi retire. Nonsense. But if you're Steve Ballmer, you've got to be scratching your head a little bit that these dudes that they brought in still cannot be healthy when it matters. Look, Kawhi Leonard is Kawhi Leonard. I will forever have a tainted view of him in all of the best and worst ways for what he did to the Sixers in that Raptor series. He was a freak of nature. I've never truly, it was like Jimmy Butler, what's happening now. That's exactly what Kawhi was all throughout the playoffs. He scored so easy. Hit, he made the toughest shots look easy. He did whatever he wanted on the court. You knew the second he came down that he was going to score no matter what. And there's nothing you could do to stop it. He is that guy but he can't stay healthy and it sucks. Paul George, I love him to death. Just silky smooth game. I love his jumper. I love everything about the dude, but also can't stay healthy. Really, really rough. I do have to say though, good for Russell Westbrook for actually showing up, balling out and honestly shutting up a lot of people because a lot of people thought he was completely done and he played exceptionally well this first round of the playoffs. He really did. So props to him, but I don't know what they do. I don't think that they make any big changes this offseason. I'll be shocked if they do, but that's brutal. That's a brutal way to go out. Really brutal. I thought that series was going to be a dog fight, especially after game one. I'm like, ah, it's going to be drawn out. Maybe Paul George even comes back towards the end of the first round. I don't know. Brutal. However, the Phoenix Suns are a beast all on their own. They really, truly are unbelievable. The best part about them is that Devin Booker played, besides Jimmy Butler, I tweeted last night that Devin Booker is the best player in the playoffs, and I had to backtrack that because Jimmy Butler just stepped it up even again tonight. So those two, 1A, 1B, I'll give you that. But Devin Booker has been playing unbelievable, and the best part about the Suns is that Kevin Durant almost looks like he hasn't even turned it on yet. Booker in the, the playoffs, 26 points game one, 38 game two, 45 game three, 30 game four, and 47 in game five. He is scoring the ball on a whole other level. He's scoring at all three levels, which is honestly very impressive because he didn't have that as that in his game at all when he first came into the league. He didn't. 
But now he's getting to the bucket. He's getting to the free throw line. Stuff that you love to see. He's not settling for bad shots. He's not settling for bad threes. I love, 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 love the way that Devin Booker is playing. And I love watching these dudes play. This is Chris Paul's best chance at a ring. I said it last episode. That stays true. And Kevin, like this team is just going to make another jump. At least they have that other jump and that other level that they can get to. It all depends on if Kevin Durant can get there. Very impressed. I, I, I will be shocked, as I mentioned as well previously, that if it's anybody besides the Suns in the Western Conference, I will be absolutely floored. However, that series, man, the Nuggets, they're going to give the Suns all that they can ask for, but I've got the Suns coming out of it uh, maybe in six games. There's my prediction. Man, the playoffs. Uh, uh, I have to talk about this just because they're my team. It's my podcast. I'm going to do what I want. The NBA playoffs have been unbelievable this year. Equally, if not even more so entertaining, are the NHL playoffs. Holy hell. I hope anybody listening to this, if you're not a hockey fan, jump on the bandwagon now. Truly, I'm not even exaggerating. Turn on, there's games every night, just flip it on. And I promise you will like what you see. It's unbelievable. And me, selfishly, I am just through the roof ecstatic. (laughs) The New Jersey Devils go down 0-2. We look like a team that had never played an organized game of hockey together through the first two games in New Jersey, which is brutal because I was there for game two. Sitting through that last period where all the Devils fans had left, it was full of Rangers fans, and we just sat there. We were forced to stay there and listen. It was pure torture and pure hell. And guess what? We showed back up on the road at MSG, winning the next two games. The series is tied 2-2. And uh, this comes out Thursday morning, Thursday night, game five, back at the Prue. There is no shot the Devils lose. I am through the roof, pumped out of my damn mind. Jack Hughes is my favorite hockey player ever. He, I, I, I don't know, man. I'm just so happy. I'm so happy for the Devils. I'm so happy for Jake, for Norm, uh, all of you guys. What a What a freaking time to be alive. Let's win game five. Let's win this whole damn thing amazing that's all i got long episode apologies a lot to talk about thank you for sticking with me i love you all please do the like subscribe review rate me do all that fun stuff uh one star five stars doesn't even matter i love you all hope you have a fantastic week check twitter for another giveaway we gave away some fun stuff for uh round one for the sixers we're gonna do the same damn thing with ryan my guy at the pq for round two love you all have a fantastic week Appreciate you all. Love each other. Be nice to each other. And uh, that's ball, folks. Bye.